Hey, Fighting Games. Sorry I talked so much shit on you the other day. Today, on... Everybody, hello and welcome back to Press B to Cancel. My name is Guy Prime, coming at you today with my good friend, Sick Jake. Hey, JP. Always glad to be here. Well, glad to have you. How are you doing today? Uh, damn, the one question I never expect. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing good. I mean, uh, the day we record this, it's uh, Father's Day. So I had oh, yeah. uh, a good day. You know, I hope everyone listening for their Father's Day. You know, your kids mowed the lawn and made you breakfast without complaint. My kids are five and eight, so the lawn needs to be mowed again. And <laughs> breakfast was cereal that had been left in the microwave for too long. <laughs> so, they are they are very much my children. <laughs> so I've, I've been trying to get the kids. Well, my, my youngest is seven. I mean, I'm not expecting much, but my oldest is nine. And uh, she is interested in cooking a little bit. So, so she asked me this morning, do, can I make you scrambled eggs? And I'm like, I don't, can you make scrambled eggs? And he's like, yeah, in the microwave, mommy showed me how. I'm like, man, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we're not having microwave scrambled eggs today. My child will not be cooking with a microwave. Heating up, yes, but cooking, no. So yeah. I, I told her this year, I'm going to teach her how to make scrambled eggs in a pan. Like she's seen me do it every weekend for years but i want to actually show her how to do it safely of course but uh course. she made me um so every once in a while i'll make something i call under the sea toast which i don't know if i ever told you guys about that well, i saw pictures in discord so what the version she made yeah so what it is right. is uh <laughs> audio podcast right uh it's cream cheese <laughs> you add a drop of food coloring blue food coloring to it and stir it up and then you spread that on some toast and then you take some crackers Mix it with Parmesan cheese and crush it up. And you lay that down the bottom like sand at the bottom of the mm. ocean. And then you take some dill and you sprinkle it in lines like seaweed. And then you're supposed to slap on some fishy crackers. That's under the sea oh, toast. Yeah. So I make this for my daughters once in, a, once in a while. So she knows how to do that. <laughs> or at least her version of it. So she kind of smattered a bunch of crackers on uh, some gloriously colored cheese, cream cheese. And the toast, and only how she knows how to make it, which was barely touched by the toaster. <laughs> so it's bread and cream cheese, and it's just a blood splatter of, of crackers. It was glorious. I was very happy the effort was put in there. And she's she's great. My kids are awesome. But yeah, it's good Father's Day. It's nice. Well, that's great. Well, yeah, happy Father's Day to you and your yeah. enchantment under the sea toast. Yeah. How was your day? Yeah. Well, my day was great. Um, kids are actually out and about. I, I got a wonderful new grill for Father's Day, so I, I put that the together. And- yeah. Yeah, made some some chicken today. I love I love grilling, so that's a, it's a lot of fun for me. So, but yeah, happy Father's Day to you and to all the the fathers and daddies out there. That's wonderful. Okay, so to business. I opened up by kind of apologizing to the genre of fighting games, and the reason for that is on an episode we recently recorded. I had discussed about how an entire list of shittiest games of all time could be comprised solely of like lesser known or off-brand fighting games right and i 
I like that line. And while I do feel that way, I, I feel like I should have spent more time showing some love to the genre. So today is not just kissing ass for the fighting genre. We will discuss what we love and the franchises that are great. Of course, you know, I'm still going to have to take a dump on a couple of these things. It's just my MO apparently lately. But yeah, I think it'd be fun for us to look at and kind of dive into the fighter game genre. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Like it's, it's too easy to point and make and make fun of the bad games in the fighting genre because there are, there are a lot of them, but there's also yes. a lot of a great fighting games too. And it's I think you mentioned before the podcast like we're maybe not as familiar or maybe not as into the fighting game genre as other people, but we still do enjoy them. And there's a lot there to unpack. So yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like for me, it's feast or famine. Now, I, w- I will be the first to admit in certain ways, and I'll address this in a minute. I'm very much a hypocrite when it comes to my like versus unlike things. For example, I think it's a cheap cop-out when a fighting game, and you can pick any fighter or fighting game and, and apply this, when they just do a different color palette. You know, when they just color swap fighters. I, I, I Oh, that's a whole new person now. <laughs> Fuck that. I hate that. Except for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat does it all the time. And I'm like, this is great. This is brilliant. Whoever came up with Rain, this is genius. I love it. Which, by the way, what Rain... What a clever idea they've done over there. <laughs> Rain, I, I, I'm making an example of him as a joke, but I do love that character, uh, the Prince of Adenia. And he was named that because Ed Boon or John Tobias, whoever it was who was creating the character, was just going through the rainbow of... The color palette for the different ninja, you know, look that they have in the in the games, and he went with purple rain because he's a big prince fan. Right, I'm a big prince fan, so I'm like that is fantastic. But then you know, if you go to any other fighting game and you have two characters that are basically the same person, Ken and Ryu, for example, I'm just like, what a lazy bunch of you know, this is terrible. Well, I love how the Mortal Kombat studio that the character development process includes a color wheel <laughs> right what colors have we not used yet for the clans <laughs> right oh well, okay he kind of looks like he's you know brownish let's name him tremor and he's an earthbender fucking great put it's it just, in the box it's just what's awesome. next but yeah. so you're saying because we said palette swap immediately my brain goes to mortal Kombat. is right. there any other fighter that that does that to that degree because you mentioned street fighter and ryu ken but at least at least Ryu and Ken have uh, I mean, different heads, I guess. <laughs> but at least they're different faces. Right, sure. The The God's honest truth of, of this is, yes, a lot of fighting games do this, where they will have the same powers, same moveset, same outfits, just different colors. The issue is I can't name those games because they're the kind of like, I, I wouldn't say Aldi brand, but I like shopping at Aldi, so I don't mean it that way. But they're like right. the off-brand, you know what I mean? So let me, let me real quick. Here's my list of good fighting games. Um, most of the Mortal Kombat series. I will, I will put Street Fighter 2, and, and, and the thing is, there's so many Street Fighter games, and they're all right. the same. I don't know which ones are which. But the Street Fighter gets a pass. Oh, God, what was it called? The, um, it, it was for the Super Nintendo, and it had, like, Blaze and... Killer Instinct. Oh. Isn't that right? Was that, was it, no, Cinder. Cinder, Cinder was yeah, Cinder, yeah. Fulgore, Saberwolf, Orchid, yes. all that stuff, yes. Orchid, yeah. Okay, so I, I put that in, in absolute badass games, but that's about where it stops. I think you have 
other games specifically for the Super Nintendo and Genesis era, like um, Primal Rage, Balls 3D, Shaq Fu, and you know the list goes on. They're they're just they're shit, and a lot of them are just recycled ideas, no finishers, and barely passable backstories. What's your list? Well, let's start with what you like. What do you like with fighting games? What are your 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 go to franchises? Well, if we're talking that from that era, I definitely agree Street Fighter Two. For me, fighting games is more of an arcade thing. I just can't handle the control pad for these kind of games. So, like, I played Street Fighter Two on the SNES, and well, actually, I played the Genesis, the Champions Edition on the Genesis, and even with the six button pad, it just didn't feel the same. I've always had issues doing, you know, the Dragon Punch motions and stuff on a pad. So for me, when I think fighting games, it's the arcade and uh, Street Fighter Two. Probably the last one, Street Fighter Two Turbo. That's the one that had mm-hmm. the most of the characters in it, right? You know, uh, I couldn't tell you. T Hawk and Cammy and all that are in that one, and it's just oh. a wide assortment cast. And it's, I think I, I said before, I've always more of a Mortal Kombat fan. For me, Mortal Kombat Three Ultimate is one of my all-time yeah. favorite fighting games. Uh, I know people yeah. dump on that and say Two is better, and that's fine, but. Ultimate MK3, just you bring back Scorpion, you bring back my favorite Sub-Zero. The combo thing is, is was easy for me to pick up because, you know, I'm not good at these games. I may like them, but I'm terrible at them. And I, I do like Ultimate War Combat 3. But Street Fighter 2 Turbo, definitely high up that list. I'm trying to think of fighting games. Samurai Showdown. Samurai Showdown was also a really awesome fighting game. There was console ports, but I didn't play them. I've only played the, the original Neo Geo one, the arcades, but I love that one because fighting game, but it's weapons based, right? And when you hit, it's very impactful, right? It's it's very it rounds me very quick, but there's sometimes there's when you're fighting against an opponent because you know how deadly your blade's going to be and how how few hits it takes to win. Sometimes you'll have that little short little standoff where you, either players on either side just staring each other down for a second, <laughs> and then you kind of rush in and you do the attack. But uh, add that and the spurts of blood spray, like the old samurai movies and whatnot. Very, very originally neat characters. There's a green dude with like Freddy's claw, straight up claw in his hand, and he's badass. I love him. There's a dude with a wolf as a fucking ninja. It's great. I love Samurai Showdown. That's probably one of my top three, I think, fighting games early on. But I, th- I think Ultimate Mortal-, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, Samurai Showdown, and Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I think, are the, the three main ones. Okay. I think. Now, I, I, I want to put this title out there because I can hear people yelling at me right now. There is one that for me is more because when you said arcade games, that kind of switched up my lenses because I kind of don't think about this franchise. I know they were ported to consoles, but I never really got into them. But the times I played them, they were cool and the, and the character designs and moveset were cool. Uh, Tekken. The Tekken games are pretty dope. I was never as into them, but they, you know, yeah. introduced at least to me, the kind of 3D, you know, view of it where, I, I don't know, I just, I, I do enjoy Tekken. And they did, I think, kind of grappling and brawling better than most, you know, with Mortal Kombat, it was just try to hit the super moves, you know, freeze somebody, throw a spear at them, bicycle kick them. And, you know, you know Tekken had their special moves or whatever, but I think that they did a lot of the wrestling parts better than anybody else. So I, I hear you Tekken yeah. fans out there. I'm just, I'm not as educated with that. Uh, as I am with some of these other ones. Now, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I agree, is my favorite. Have you ever played Mortal Kombat Trilogy? No, but that's that's one of the ones I always wanted to play as a kid because they brought okay. back the uh, the different versions of the characters. So you had Raiden, or Raiden, 
but you had the MK1 version of them as well as the later versions of them, right? Well, I, I don't remember that. If the one, the copy that I have is a PlayStation game. Um, maybe there's a way to swap the character for like the older design. I don't know. But it's basically, and from what I know, and I'm, you guys can post on Discord or, you know, at me on Twitter for how I'm wrong. But I think it's the same as Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, except for everybody has fatalities. Everybody has brutalities, babalities, and friendships. I think with UMK3... People like Ermac, Noob Saibot, and Rain, and then a few of the other non-ninjas as well don't necessarily have all of those things because they were kind of oh. thrown in at the end to give, you know, more variety and they had some extra room to fill up. So I think that MK Trilogy is just a little bit more developed, although the color palettes and the smoothness is not quite as good as it is for the Super Nintendo. Right. So it's, it's yeah. a give and take. Yeah, the console ports of the game are are not that great. And it's also a game that, like, I don't think there was an actual official arcade re-release of Ultimate MK3, right? Like, not, there's nothing on the Switcher, for example. And it's, I'm wondering if it's one you can emulate on MAME easy or not. I don't know, I, I'd check, because it's, it's a great game, but I have not played the authentic arcade version in ages. The last time I did want to play it, I tried, it was the Genesis version of it, which is, it's fine, but but it's not the arcade Gotcha. I don't know. I do know that there are 10 billion and one hacks for Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, there's there's streamers that I'll watch that have whatever hack downloaded, and it's every single version of every single character. There's one really cool one where it's Mortal Kombat 1 with Reptile as a playable character, but they have the run and combo and move list of, like, the newer games. Okay. So it's a limited roster, but... You can run, you can do combos, you can do um, different finishers and friendships and all that. But it's got the look and aesthetic and play like of the original Mortal Kombat. And so I, I find those kind of things to be interesting. And I, I think the fan base for Mortal Kombat is rabid enough and creative enough that's well, and demanding enough. I'll say it that way. I think these hacks come from a demand that is not being filled by the actual developers. So well, there the, was a gap the right, base, when there's nothing new right. for MK stuff, right? Like of years where there's nothing new from MK3, uh, MK content. I mean, it wasn't until MK9 came out that I think fans were kind of getting their fix after ages. Yeah, they had, they had a number of like non-linear or non-numbered entries, Deception, Deadly Alliance. I want to say Agamemnon, but it's Armageddon. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you know, and then like Mortal Kombat 4, I think, pissed just so many people off because it was so sloppy. It, it's the it's the Mario 64 of Mortal Kombat, except that it sucks. You know, they, they, they jumped into waters. They didn't know how to swim yet. But anyway. Well, I mean, that's the thing is the move to 3D fighters is was difficult. I, I never quite embraced 3D fighting games. I, I never really got into it. Like Tekken, I can appreciate Tekken. And mm -hmm. I think Tekken on PlayStation. Was it Tekken 3 on PlayStation? Um, that's dope, right? Every character has their own endings, and there's just so many characters. Like I can appreciate it. I just it's just not my thing. Something about the the moving in three D space, I never quite grasped. That's why games like um, uh, what you call it, Virtual Fighter, it's neat. Mm -hmm. It looked cool for the time, but I have zero interest in the move set. I find it too slow, right? The only three D game I think I got into was Fighting Vipers. I don't know if you played that one. I don't know that one. No, it's a it's a Sega one. It's very very quick paced. Um, characters are very interesting. One of the dudes has a skateboard. 
another one's like a guitar rocker with a with a guitar he's got the mullet the whole nine yards it's just very interesting character designs one person like roller skates but what made it neat is you're you're in a cage basically and there's certain moves power moves where you knock the, the opponent backwards and if you hit them enough times with it you actually burst off their armor and do additional damage afterwards so it's got the the idea of the armor bursting off of characters was pretty That's awesome cool. so I, I liked fighting viper uh, fighting vipers quite a bit okay did you ever play oh god uh there's so many like dad jokes in this one uh clay fighters yeah i <laughs> you know the one with earthworm jim i had to play because i love that character but that, that sure. game is so terrible <laughs> all what, of them. <laughs> was that uh judgment clay c2 judgment clay if i remember right i think that's the one yeah because there's one that was blockbuster exclusive so you know it was good mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that was i think judgment clay is one of their from jim but yeah like there's one with booger man i think as well yeah. i think had a cameo in one of them I don't, I don't know i appreciate the character designs and the style it's like we talked about balls 3d on the other episode Ugh. and Ugh. yeah clay fighters like that like that level of bad but at least it has the character charm going for it. Right. The, that Balls 3D didn't even try for. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I don't want to keep going back to Mortal Kombat. So I'm going to consider that book ended. We, we could do a whole series on what we love about Mortal Kombat, what we hate yeah. about Mortal Kombat. Because there's, there's definitely good MK and bad MK. So we'll go from that. I would love to hear to see. I would love you to play MK9. And we can talk about it. Because that game is just amazing for bringing back the story mode to a fighting game because that's that's the thing i look for now when i buy a game if i buy a game i know i'm going to play it online a little bit and just be damn terrible like i know this and it's okay i've accepted (laughs) i suck at these games but i want something else there for my money so i'm always looking toward a good single player mode right even a story of some kind and that's why i liked mk9 because the story mode is amazing it retells all the old classic games one through three in its story mode and it's why um, I recently bought uh, Guilty Gear Strive, which is a fantastic 2D fighting game. It's it's looks amazing, killer rock soundtrack. It's really great, but there's almost no single player stuff. It's almost entirely an online game. In fact, it has a story mode, but it's not playable. It's literally a cinematic. That's it. There's no interaction. It's just anime style cinematic, and they call it the story mode. If you want to actually do the fighting, you go play the arcade or you go play online. It's the wildest thing. <laughs> it's weird. Hmm. Yeah, um, send me send me a link for that. Like, I want to I want to see that because I can't say that I even I don't even know if I know that title. You said Guilty Gears. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's it started on the PlayStation. So somebody's joking. Guilty Gear is retro, <laughs> and it is because the hmm. first one was on was in the early '90s and it was on the PlayStation. Um, let me see here. But um, they're all cheap on Steam now. The whole series is on Steam, which is just wild. I want to ask you, have you ever played, and this isn't something I thought of in, like, in, in prep for the episode. It's one that popped in my head. Dragon Ball Z, they have a lot of various fighting games. Have you ever played any of the Dragon Ball fighting games? So actually, while you mentioned that, so the, the more recent one, Dragon Ball Z Fighters, although I have not played it, it is very similar to Guilty Gear, and it's the same studio behind it. And it's got, oh. the, they're using like a 3D engine, but it's a 2D gameplay and it looks damn well like anime. Here, I'm just going to share. Okay. And we don't have to mention this yeah. in the episode, but where's my thing? Here we oh, go. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm too lazy to take anything out. Well, for people listening along <laughs> at home, I'm, I'm sharing a link with GP to Guilty Gear Zard sign 
story mode. This is the last game in this series. It came out a couple of years ago. But that's all, that's not pre-rendered. That's all like in-game engine. And this is their story mode. There's no interaction whatsoever. It's literally, literally chapter on chapter of them wow. using their engine to tell a story. That's it. And that's what, they, that's what they've been doing for years. That's awesome. But it looks, but look at the character designs. And this is the last generation yeah. of Guilty Gear. The character designs are off the wall. Really just fantastic. And like when you actually watch the gameplay of the of the fighting game itself, it's just very fast paced, like just, <laughs> just bonkers. It's anime to the nines. Like it's really well done. So I, I love it. I love Strive. Guilty Gear Strive is an amazing game. If anybody was ever on the fence, uh, it just came out, you know, last month, I think. And uh, it's solid. Just, I wish, I wish there's more to the story. I wish you could interact a bit more with it. I'm not used to just watching <laughs> a video game for the story. I actually want to play it. And uh, the online is very competitive. It's very challenging. It's still fun. I mean, you don't have to be good at a fighting game to enjoy it. That's actually, that is probably the most honest thing anyone has ever said on this podcast. Yeah. And I love that. I wish, I wish more people knew about that because fighting games, kind of like racing games, if you're into them, can become very competitive. Yeah. And, and that's cool. But, I, you know, there, I, there should be kid gloves, I think, for people who are just casual players. I hate, I hate when there's not a, a sense of non-toxic community in fighting. And, and I find that it's hard to watch sometimes streamers play. Uh, you know, on Twitch or, you know, other places, because so many people in the chat will just be ruthless and relentless. And I hate that. It's it's so toxic. It's it's one of the genres where I think if you, I feel like if you stream a fighting game, you're expected to be good at it. Right. Right. Whereas like any other like you could watch me play Mario and they're just absolutely terrible at it. Playing, a you know, a shooting game or whatever. And they're dying left and right. Nobody really tends to care. But for some reason, if you're streaming a fighting game, I feel like there's an expectation that you have to be, you know, a god tier at these games. And it's totally not true. You don't need to be good at these things. Yeah. No, I remember watching Sinistar <laughs> with Mario. And he, you know, he's going to shoot me for saying that. He's, you know, well, he never he's played entertaining it and he's fun. Of course. No, no, no. It's, it's just some, it's some love. I love that guy. But uh, okay, I, should, I shouldn't say that. Okay. Um, I was very happy when he beat Mario 1 because, look, let's be real. That game is hard. I just beat it for the first time well, in like 10 years. Oh, come on. It's hard, dude. Mm. You get to World 8 and you don't struggle at all? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. But I, I've, okay. Not that I'm anything special with video games. Absolutely, I'm not. I've just played it to death. Like, if, if you had me do a 100% run of Mario, I would suck. Absolutely. I the way I run Mario is the way I've run Mario since I was four. Like till the warps every every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, just get it okay. done. Just start and finish. But the other thing I think it made it difficult for him, and this is very easy to miss, right? Is mm-hmm. the continue code, right? Everybody as a kid had this drilled into their head by their cousin or their friend or whoever. You know, you push the, the button was it up and select or up and A at the at the title menu and you can continue from the last world you died in. And but, you can even select after you've beaten it once. You can yeah. select what world you started. Yeah, right. And I didn't know about that until about a year and a half ago. Really? Because if you don't have continues, that's when I find that game fucking insanely hard to do. Right. Well, and I think that's why I, I always opted to do the warps and get it done because either you're going to beat it or you're not. There's no <laughs> continues. And you know, in yeah. my world, I, I didn't know about it. Back, back to fighting games, real quick. I wanted to, to get this out there about the Dragon Ball. Because um, there's a segue here about the Dragon Ball Z stuff and then 
another big title that we haven't discussed yet that I think people are, again, probably yelling at me like, if you don't mention this, I'm, you know, okay. sending hate mail. Uh, so with Dragon Ball Z, I, I kind of always forget that there are fighting games because I don't think of Dragon Ball Z as a fighting franchise. Uh, when it comes to video games, obviously right. that's what the show is about, which I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z back when Funimation only had 64 episodes. And you'd always tune in the next day on Toonami to find out, are they going to play the, that next episode? But then, no, it's just a, anyway. The loop so, back to the first season. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. Oh, so bad. So, um, <laughs> I, But then, you know, when I was a kid, I was so into DBZ, it was stupid. And, you know, buying the, the video cassettes that only had three episodes on them whenever they come out and that kind of stuff. But then I had found a, a PlayStation Americanized version. I don't know how I got my hands on it, but it was a game called Dragon Ball Z or maybe it was GT, but it was called Final Bout. I think it was GT, Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. Was that the and PlayStation? It was a fighting game. Yes, for the yeah. PlayStation. And I loved it. Even though I could look at it and be like, this is a janky-ass game. Yeah. It had flying, but it was still like 2D left to right. It had some of the, you know, iconic, the Kamehameha's. It had the, you know, the Final Flash, all these things that you love. And characters that I didn't know who they were because I didn't have the internet and I could only see the first 64 episodes. So I loved it because of the curiosity. Uh, and then every now and then I'll go back and I'll find a newer Dragon Ball Z fighting game. I haven't played Fighter Z yet, but I have played the Budokai series, and those were fantastic. There's another series of it, but I, I love that the franchise is still so vibrant and alive. Of course, Dragon Ball Super continuing to come out with new stuff, but they keep updating it al amongst a variety of genres, even outside of fighters. But they've all evolved well, and I think maintained their their relevance. So that's that's my thing about Dragon Ball Z. I didn't want anybody to get upset because they are valid games. I just I don't often think or equate Dragon Ball Z to fighting games. Well, so the thing with me in in Final Bout, I I haven't played it in years, but I remember my uh, buddy of mine growing up. He was obsessed with Dragon Ball Z. Like I like the cartoon, but I we got so few new episodes because mm -hmm. they kept looping around. Especially in Canada, you'd get like one new episode and then they'd go back to season one from the beginning again, and it'd be like a month before you get a second or third episode. It was a really, really frustrating. <laughs> so I wasn't as into it as he was. Um, mm -hmm. But the reason I guess I, I like that one is because there's a lot more characters. You maybe didn't recognize them because they weren't in Dragon Ball Z. They were in Dragon Ball GT, which we didn't get over here for the longest time. And there's a bunch of non-canon characters, I guess, that came out in GT. So it's, it's interesting because that's the thing. That's the strength of that is there's just so many characters and the cartoon or the anime rather is it's all about the fighting between all the various characters it's just it's just perfect for a fighting game genre when you think about it um but i, I have to talk about dragon ball z fighters roster so i again i have not bought this i almost did because <laughs> apparently it's, it's fairly um casual person friendly uh to play but i want to i want to read off all the other characters that are goku or goku related okay you okay ready? okay yeah. okay go okay there's goku which you can then be Super Saiyan Goku or Super Saiyan 3 Goku. Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Goku, mm -hmm. which is a new thing. Uh, Gotenks, else? there was another one too. Oh, DLC, uh, Bardock, who is Goku's mm -hmm. dad and looks right. just like Look. Goku. So more Goku. Right. Uh, Vegito, I think that's yeah. Vegeta and Goku merged together. Yeah, with the, uh, with the earrings. Yeah. yeah. And then there's... Um, Go, probably Gogeta. 
Gogeta, and then Goku. This is Kaoken Goku. There's Kaoken Goku. There's like four or five Gokus in this fucking game. Oh, Kid Goku, of course. They have Baby Goku in there. Gogeta, yeah. And then uh, who's this one? Autonomous Ultra Instinct Goku. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, Dude, I know what Ultra Instinct is. I just never heard of Autonomous. It's hilarious because like whenever I see a DLC announcement for Dragon Ball Z Fighters, it's just like I don't own it. I don't want to spend 150 bucks on all the DLC <laughs> or whatever it is, but I can't help but go and look up who's in it because I swear it's, it's every DLC. There's a new version of Goku added into it, but it's not fair. Like they have everything else in there too. All the other characters, any character you can name in DBZ is probably in this fighting game. And it's amazing to me. I think it's hilarious. Awesome. So yeah, Dragon Ball Z is a, is a standard. I don't, I don't know that I would buy it, uh, you know, because of the, the monetary yeah. cost. If they ever come out with like the final perfect version of it, Yes. Uh, that, you know, that'd be great. I might look into that, but that, that's something I, I should watch. But I, again, I don't typically seek out watching fighting games just for what I, I mentioned earlier with people, you know, backseat driving or, you know, passenger seat driving, whatever you want to call it. Well, the reason I got back into it is because mm-hmm. like, I used to play uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, at lunchtime that with was... coworkers, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, you're probably segue into that one, I guess, but. Well, that, that's when I was saying people are going to be like, why Why haven't you mentioned it? But yeah. again, it, it's it's an amalgamation of all these other genres, bringing in these characters from all these other genres. Right. So it's it's a fighting game, obviously. But yeah, c- continue. That was going to be the next thing. So that's yeah. perfect. So I, like, I used to play it almost every day at lunch, you know, for at least 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And uh, after three years, I actually got decent at that game. <laughs> Just <laughs> losing day in, day out to the same person kind of, kind of gets on you. <laughs> you kind of get a little bit better at the game. But I, I love playing it. I love Smash Ultimate. And I never really had a, a history with the previous games in the franchise. It was really the one that came on the Wii U and the 3DS. It got me into the series. And then Ultimate is just a, a rework of that, right? Like, you know, Mario, Mario Kart Deluxe. So I, I played quite a bit of it. But work from home, pandemic, right? The only way to play that with friends now is online. And Nintendo, Nintendo's online sucks. Like, like mm. a couple games are okay. Splatoon is okay. But... For whatever reason, yeah. Nintendo seems to fuck over almost every other game that has online, and Smash is just borderline unplayable for me. And I've tried, I've tried getting a dongle for Ethernet. I've tried that. I've I've tried all kinds of different things, and it just it sucks online. And it's not just Smash, although that was the worst offender. A lot of fighting games, when you're playing them online, have terrible lag, depending on who you're playing with. So that's why I've been looking at fighting games that have rollback netcode. And I, I, somebody smarter than me can explain what the difference is. All I know is that when games have implemented rollback netcode, it's incredibly awesome online to play. It's incredibly smooth. It works like amazing. It feels like I'm playing somebody in my living room, except I don't have to wear pants and they don't have to see me. So like, <laughs> that's why I bought Strive because Strive has rollback netcode, whereas a lot of the other games that came out recently don't. So that's the only reason why I bought it. And the fact that it has cool characters and music is just kind of a bonus. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about any of the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's Smash though, yeah. like you, because you also yeah, like right. Smash as well. I, I do. It's um, it's brilliant. I remember the first time I actually my introduction to Smash was Melee. I never, and to this day, still I haven't played the sixty four version. I need to get on that. But I remember playing Melee and thinking this is graphically beautiful. The camera work in that game is so incredibly precise and intuitive. Yep. And that was one of the first things I thought we have these different layers. You have all these different characters, you know, if you're doing like a uh, eight versus eight or whatever the fuck, 
and the camera is so intuitive with, with where it's at and the sizing of it. And, and I, I don't know, there's just so much that I love. You know, you can hit pause and it'll zoom up on who paused the game and exactly what they're doing at that moment. And I just, everything about Melee to me is still, that's like a 9.8 out of 10 game. Oh, I, wow. It probably should have been on one of my, my on my top five lists. Huh. But again, I there's this weird bias where I feel okay putting fighters on the bottom list, but not on the, on the, on the best of list. But Melee to me is just a great game. The the side stuff that you can do with uh, the trophies, the thing, the the one where you pick up a bat and see how far you can hit a tampon. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, what what a cool and fun game! And now everything they're doing with the DLC, I you know it was such an event when I remember when they they dropped the Sephiroth DLC announcement, everybody flipped out. Yeah, and I my inbox blew up from you know probably at least a dozen people saying like, holy shit, did you see that? And, oh man, what, what an experience that that was. So, Brawl, great. For me, it's still Melee, Make Mine Melee. Uh, that was kind of at the end of this era before DLC. And uh, But no, I, I, I still enjoy them. I love that they've put Metal Gear in there. They've, they've brought in characters from franchises that I never would have otherwise experienced. So yeah, I, I, I've got all the love for, for Melee. In fact, we should do a, a more in-depth discussion over just the the or the the smash brother franchise yeah we should because smash ultimate is it's amazing to me it feels like this is the last one right they, they can't possibly make another smash game after ultimate there's just so many new characters like so they're, how many are they up to like 80 characters from yeah. everybody from Simon belmont right and castlevania right, yeah. separoth minecraft steve which is just bonkers to me <laughs> they just announced the Tekken guy is going to be in it now as well it just i i don't see them making another one and keeping all these characters i, I just don't see how they're going to do that or if they ever will it, and this is supposed to be like the last uh, season pass of dlc but like the legacy of smash ultimate is astounding there's just so much in one game yeah well and i i think they've advertised that or they've come out and just blatantly said there's not going to be any more smash after this right because I mean, like, really, where do you go from there? Yeah, right. Like this. Yeah, like because Melee had that. what twelve characters or something? Twenty? Yeah, no, it, it had to be more. I, probably a couple dozen. Okay, I have to go back and look at it. But I mean, thinking of just the character select screen, yeah, right. It was, it was a big thing. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. But it, like the guy Sakurai, he's just like a he's like Kojima in terms of the 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 cult of, of fans that they, these guys have, and it's just when I see every time I see him do a video showing a new character he brings out the two controllers on his desk and he plays both both computer uh, both players at the same time to demonstrate the different oh. moves and I'm just like of course he's dual wielding of course he is like <laughs> he's like another level but, okay. of developer so let me let me pose a question to you and to anybody listening of course if you have an opinion on this i want you to you know join our discord and then at me with this give me your answer is smash brothers guilty of the reskin or duplicate move list, you know, for fighters, I, I think absolutely they are. I mean, it's not always one for one, but you do have Link and Kid Link. Uh, you do have these characters that are going to be identical, just with slight variations in their character design. Right. You know, you're going to have your heavy hitters, you're going to have your, your fast people, you're going to have people with, you know, range attacks. You, but every fighting game has that, but even though it's not 100%, I think they are guilty to a degree of just doing the reskin, copy and paste move set. What do you think? 
Yes and no, right? They call them, they call them Echo Fighters, I think, to a degree now, right? Because you have uh, okay. Samus and Dark Samus, right? Right. But um, for me, like uh, one of my main characters early on in Smash Ultimate was the Villager, right? He, he's not a good <laughs> character, but I love him. Just something about planting a tree, watering it, and then when an opponent gets quo- close, knocking the tree on top of them, and it's like instant kill. I love that guy. <laughs> so they eventually brought out, um, what's her name? What's the dog's name? Isabel as another character from, you know, the Animal Crossing <laughs> universe. And she's very similar, right? But the moves are, are a little bit different, right? And so the rocket going across the screen, she can shoot one that goes a trap and it goes up in the air. Like, they're very, very similar characters, but they're totally different feeling. And I think they do that with the th- the three links <laughs> are quite different. And they certainly look different, right? The, the skins and models are all different. So I, I think they get a pass on it to a degree. But I'm kind of surprised they don't do more of these Echo Fighters, right? You think that'd be an easy turnaround, right? If they're adding like a Min Min from the ARMS fighting games that came in a couple years ago, they added her. How hard would it be for them to do the rest of the cast as Echo Fighters? Like I kind of would want them to in a way. Just if the, if the graphics are unique, I don't mind if the the moves are kind of copied. Right, I, I never worried that Dan and Ryu and Ken were very similar. It never bothered me, right? It's, but it's, it's, as long as they look different, I think I'm happy. Okay, sure. I, 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 for me, it's story. Like, okay, going back to Mortal Kombat. Yes, in the earlier days when all they could do is is color swap, the, you know, palette swap or whatever, they just had the one look for the ninjas, uh, but they weren't all Lin Kuei. They weren't all Sub-Zero. Yeah. They were, you know, these different things from different realms and different places. With with Kin and Ryu, and I guess Dan, I guess I don't really know their stories. If you can make the story fit the reason, like they all trained at the same place or whatever, so yeah, of course they're all going to have the same dogi or, or you know, um, whatever you want to call, you know, their outfits. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Just make them... Make the story fit. If you're going to be lazy and have the exact same character copy and pasted with different hair color, put in the extra time with the with the backstory. So I think they do for Street Fighter. Um, yeah. I, I don't keep up on it, I guess, either. But from what I understand about um, Ken Ryu Akuma, right? And there's another character, Akuma. Goki, or is that Akuma? I, I can never tell. Like some, of the, some, fighting, <laughs> some fighting game lore is just in a different plane. But uh, they do tie it in. Like, they, the two train together, as far as I know. So it kind of makes sense that they wear similar outfits. So I, right. I kind of I get it. <laughs> you, you, Krillin and Goku are basically the same person, right? They've got the same outfits. And I think well, Yamcha, he, he's there too, right? He's, he's basically Goku. Well, but they all train uh, together. Isn't that the whole thing with, with those three? Right. But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they, they have the built-in, like, pass. Because <laughs> if, you, if you know the story, you know... Obviously, they're not the same person, you know. I guess they're all constantly dying, but other than that, and their 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 training uh, outfits, you know, very different. So that's that's my thing. Just if you're going to be lazy with the game, don't be lazy with the writing. And I think it's easier to give that a pass now because we have the internet and we have more in depth lore, and fans have kind of evolved to demand. Like if you if you're going to stand a video game character, you want to know everything about them. And I think that the culture for video games now and the, the technological availability of information, it makes it easier. But, right. you know, teleporting back to 1994, 1996, 1998, uh, if, if you just have different colors and different movesets, but you don't know the backstory because the player's guide is not, you know, super detailed. Okay. I mean, yeah, 
I think that's where that I think that's where that comes. Now, this is when I talk about retrotherapy. This is what I'm talking about. I just talk <laughs> through my entire issue, not realizing that this is what I found. So this is all revelatory to me as well as I'm saying it. So it's very train of thought. But you're saying like lore and backstory, though. But how how much lore in the game itself is there for for NK? There isn't that much story in these games. Ah, oh, see, I disagree. It's like a screen this of text, is a, isn't it? <laughs> the end when you beat the okay, game. Well, Back in 94, yes. And, you know, if you had a way to do your homework and do the research, you could find out more. But, yeah, just going off of maybe a player's guide, but definitely the video game and then definitely the insert that came with the game. Yeah, you're right. You've got a page here and there. You know, you had to fight through this whole game, which sucked with Mortal Kombat 2 if you weren't using codes, just to get that one screen of text with a different character-like icon. Uh, you're right, but but that's what I'm talking about with the technological advances in gaming and and you know the internet that we have now that we didn't have 25 years ago. Um, whatever your point was, I just rambled so much I don't even know what I'm saying. Well, I'm just saying like the story, like there's more story. Like NetherRealm is the company that makes MK, and they also do uh, another strain of game, strain like it's the flu. Another <laughs> another franchise of fighting games, the Injustice games, right? The DC fighting games, those are. Those are dope. Those are solid, solid fighting games. They're like MK, but yes. without the fatalities. But the story modes are really good, man. Give me some evil Superman. Yeah, <laughs> they really did a good job of that. That's what I'm saying. I think the story is really, for me, and I'm going to get hate for this, but for me, with Injustice, the story is the the redeeming factor. And yeah. I can prove that because they did the DC Mortal Kombat crossover like oh, yeah. mk versus dc or whatever and that game kind of sucked totally um, the good guys yeah. yeah the good guys couldn't you know kill anybody the bad guys could and the mortal Kombat people could but then again you've got you know sonya blade or whoever beating up on superman and it takes you out of that kind of reality so with injustice it's more the same it's it's the same kind of engine i guess as, as the mortal Kombat stuff but the story is what saves it DC, everybody out there, of course, I love Marvel, but I'm a DC fanboy. DC has a history of subpar fighting games. They had a Justice League fighting game for the Super Nintendo that I <laughs> wanted to love because I love those characters. And it was it was little more than, well, it looked cool. And that was about it. You know what I mean? So I'm never huge into the DC fighting stuff. I, th- I think Marvel stuff through Capcom... Uh, yes. And those developers, I think Marvel had a better set of fighting games. Oh, actually, we should uh, talk DC. about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Injustice is cool for that reason, for the story. Yeah, because I mean, Capcom is just what they do with the versus. Well, not, forget forget even the versus series, like the original uh, X Men fighting game. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. That's a well done mm-hmm. fighting game, right? And unique enough from Street Fighter where it holds its own. But then you bring in the uh, the versus games, Capcom versus Marvel, and all that stuff. Uh, like I played, right. I think the second one on the Dreamcast. I think was that was my favorite Dreamcast game. Was that because I got a, a burnt disc of it, and it was just just the the the, the cast is insane, and it's just mm-hmm. it's really awesome. Just I love I love those, but I feel like we're never gonna get another one. Like we recently had a, Mar- a Marvel's Capcom three, but it was it was very very terrible. And there's characters they couldn't get because of licensing issues, because that's the thing now, right? It's all licensing. Yeah. You can't have these yeah. ensemble games without, you know, stepping on legal toes. So that's a, that's a shame. But, you know, I mean, it is, but the, the other side of that coin is also very interesting, where you may not have access to 100% of the roster from a franchise, 
but they are doing those crossovers, franchise crossovers, a couple of them a year. You know what I mean? So you could say it's going to be SNK versus, you know, Capcom or, you know, whoever versus whoever. And again, you may not have 100% of the catalog, but there's so many characters in the in the, in the warehouse that you don't really need them. So you get them often, but you don't always get everything that you want. I don't see those kind of crossover fighting games ever being better than maybe a 75 or 80% rate. For, for me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, uh, if I'm giving it a percentage, just based on the limitations of A, there's way too many characters to try to fit in everything that everybody wants, and then B, licensing issues, it's, it's never going to be more than an average or average plus game. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you on there. Like, so you're the reason that, you know, well, okay. You're, you're going to get some hate mail. <laughs> I, and I, I'm okay. I'm, let me start over. <laughs> everybody. Hi, welcome back to, no, okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I love that. I'm always kind of like the, well, let's give it a shot. Optimistic guy. But I think doing the top five and bottom five list has me saying we need to have some more. We need to be okay with disagreeing, not for the sake of disagreeing, right? But you know, we need to. I don't mind telling my truth and my opinions with these, and I welcome people who want to tell me I'm wrong. You don't even have to tell me why I'm wrong. You can just say, "Hey, fuck UGP, you're wrong." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you want to start a dialogue, let's do it, and I get the chance to have that dialogue with you. So, oh. uh, yeah. Well, fuck you, GP. You're wrong. <laughs> let me, but let me go. tell you why, though, because I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, tell you why. Yeah, yeah. The, the first is games. I think are fantastic. I think they're okay. Not a hundred, not a hundred percent. They're not, you mm-hmm. know, a plus, but they're a solid B plus, maybe even an a, because okay. I could give those games to my kids and we can have a great fun time. We can do multiple matches and just have a blast doing different moves, flying, doing up and jumping up in the air, tagging out a partner. The games play just flat out fun. And it's not difficult to do at least some of the cool moves. Right, the accessibility is what makes I think that series great. But if you're really good at fighting games, if you're really deep in the genre, there's lots to do in the Versa series to master that can still make you a cut above. But for the casuals like me and my kids, we can still have a blast playing that game, which I couldn't do with Street Fighter. Street Fighter Two, it's fun and all, but if you don't know your character well enough, the moves well enough, and the hitboxes and stuff, I feel like you're going to be having a bad time with some of the other games. Yeah, but let me ask you this. Are those those crossover games, are they fun? Because it is seeing characters from a franchise that you know and love. Um, is it entertaining because you have those characters in a new setting? In this case, a fighting game. I mean, it's... it's To me, it's it's not exactly apples to apples. It's, you know, people say apples to oranges, that's fine, but you can still compare apples to oranges, but it's just going to say how it's different. With Street Fighter, these characters are created to be fighting game characters. You know, you have um, characters from like, you know, let, let's say like Mega Man. He's right. been in a bunch of different crossover fighting games. He wasn't designed to be a fighting game character, so it's novel. And to me, again, it's an average to average plus thing. That's not to say you can't have a blast or have fun with an average or average plus game. That is completely, I guess it's all subjective or whatever. It's all opinions. But to me, if, it, you know, Street Fighter can be whatever Street Fighter wants in fighting games because that's what it is. These other crossovers have to play by the rules of the franchises these things came from. So what I look at for, for me personally, when I first played that X-Men fighting game, you are right, right? I, I'm such a huge X-Men fan of the cartoon. So when I actually got to play the game, 
immediately I'm thinking in my head, this is just like the cartoon. I mean, it's not, but that's okay. that's the characters I know for the cartoon, and I'm actually playing a game with them. That and it's a game that plays well. It's not some mm-hmm. shitty, you know, Wolverine's adamantium revenge or what the hell it is. Like it's a good game. But I look at my kids. I guess is for this. If I throw them into Street Fighter Two, which I've done. I mean, my youngest, Ryu is just a wizard as far as she's concerned. She doesn't know who he is or his backstory. <laughs> doesn't give a crap. It's the same thing, though, with Marvel vs. Capcom, which they played. They don't know who Morgan is. They don't know who, uh, what you would call it, like Akuma is or any of these characters. They don't know. Sure. They don't even know who Mega Man is. Like, they played NES Mega Man. I am a good father. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they don't recognize the version of Mega Man in the fighting game because he looks so di- drastically different, right? So they don't know the characters. They don't have that nostalgia or that love of the characters kind of feeding into them playing the games it's just a bombastic energetic game in front of them and then it happens to be that no matter what buttons they press they can manage to pull off some cool stuff which they can't do in like Mortal Kombat not that I let them play that but or Street Fighter now see I think that's a great point I think that there's no way to argue around that I think um that's a well-stated point. If, if you're young enough that you don't have the history with these characters, for all you know, yeah, Mega Man was designed to be in this game, so you can kind of enjoy him that way. Uh, that's brilliant. That's, that's a great point. I hope that as they grow up and they encounter Mega Man in other games, they're not like, <laughs> he was much more fun when he was in you know his fighting game. Like You can't grow up then like thinking this Mega Man character is in his own franchise after he was in this fighting game. I mean, you can, but that might make him seem less interesting. But no, you're exactly right. If that's how you know the characters, then you then I have to admit I was wrong. Then 100% he's a fighting character, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I got to ask about Killer Instinct. Yeah. So, I mean, the arcade is just... When you see a Killer Instinct arcade machine, it's jaw-dropping. Uh, jaw-dropping mm-hmm. with the graphics like it's definitely amazing looking it's cool as all hell but i found that's a game where it's maybe it's just me but incredibly difficult to get into right i always felt that was a game where you needed to learn all the combos and all the and how to break out of them and if you didn't you're just in a bad time it, it feels like that always felt like to me even the snes one which is, is quite a bit different than the arcade even the snes one it's neat to look at but to actually play it, I found it's it's like a, an impetual wall of knowledge before I could even move into that game. And I just don't know how that holds up to people. I, I think that's a great point. Most of my experience with the game is from the Super Nintendo version. I'm aware that it was an arcade game as well. Uh, in fact, I want to shout out to my good friend over oh, yeah. at uh, Arcades because he just finished that cabinet that had the uh, the Killer Instinct rap on it. That was just amazing, sick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if, yeah, if, if anybody ever wants to buy an arcade machine, look up Arc Eighties. A I think it's A R C eight zero apostrophe S Arc Eighties. Yeah, it's uh, awesome he, stuff. He can hook you up. But yeah, back to Killer Instinct. That was one of the first games that, and I'm not sure what year it came out, but I discovered it before I found any other fighting games that had fast acting combos and then of course the combo or combo breaker you know and shit yeah, like that that kind of um, voiceover but the idea of doing like those infinite combo loops uh with orchid was uh, when i was growing up i thought she was the only one that had the infinite combo <laughs> and then of course everybody has one but I, yeah. I that's all i ever tried to do was look into it what's the button what's the spacing what's the timing and 
maybe it's the the speedrunner, I don't say OCD, but that kind of mentality of everything has to be just so, or it's not going to work. I think that's kind of where that seed of my personality first took root was with Killer Instinct. So for me, it's in one of the, the awesome fighting game categories. I don't know too many people who hate Killer Instinct, um, but I know you're right. It is one of those things that if you go in unprepared, you are automatically, by virtue, woefully unprepared. And uh, you're right. I, I think it, if you don't have the right mentality for it or the right personality type, it's, it's going to be a chore. Yeah. It, it's one of those games, though, where I have to give all the respect for doing something different, right? Especially in the, in the 90s. and In the 90s, was all the clone fighting games, right? It feels like everybody was trying to copy what you know Street Fighter was doing or what Mortal Kombat was doing. Like, if you want to laugh, go look up Tattoo Fighter, right? Which is trying to copy what MK does. And it's laughably bad. But uh, Killer Instinct always went its own way, right? Nobody quite did a combat, like a fighting game with a, the system of combos that MKA does. It's, it's really quite unique and it stands up. Like, similarly, there's something like um, Virtual Fighter. I find Virtual Fighter very unique in how they did their very slow, very methodical fighting, right? It's, I want to say three buttons. But like the the, wow. the combination of the moves, it feels very. You have to have very tactical mind, I think, to play something like Virtual Fighter, and they're very unique with how they created that series. And I have the respect for it. I don't like it personally. I'm not not a fan of the series, but they went a different route with it, which I think is rare, right? Like a lot of games tend to kind of fall back into like the old archetypes of Street Fighter clone or MK clone. I think. Yeah. I agree. Wait, so what? What's the question? <laughs> oh, I didn't have a question. It was just my commentary. Oh. I like to hear myself talk. That's, that's, that's no, what I well, I, I love to <laughs> I love to hear yourself talk. You have a wonderful voice and you're good at talking. No, I, th- I think we had a good combo, though. Like, fighting games are, are good. Like, it's Guilty Gear Strive recently playing that kind of reopened my that side of my brain, which is like, hey, I actually like fighting games. Yeah. Maybe I should, you know, spend an hour every so often trying to get good at one for once. <laughs> I, I do want to say one last thing about Killer Instinct in that you look at games, I, to, a, to a degree, Mortal Kombat, I guess actually to a large degree, Mortal Kombat, some with Street Fighter, uh, but like the Smash Brothers series, they're all button mashers where, you know, right. you can go in and you can know exactly what you're doing and kick ass, or you can know nothing, button mash, and maybe kick ass. I, I feel like every time I've ever played Smash anything... Um, it's just been button mashing and, and hoping for the best. Killer Instinct is like the antithesis. I, I don't think I've ever won button mashing in Killer Instinct. And I don't think I ever lost to somebody who was just blindly button mashing. Yeah, you And can't. I don't think I've, I realized that until you started saying that because it, it is unique. It went its own way. And I, I think the button mashing mentality is is not going to help out anybody who who is new to Killer Instinct. So... That's that's an interesting point. I'm glad you you said that because again, therapy. I'm figuring yeah. all this out as I say it. When I was a kid playing it for the first time on the SNES, right, went to a friend's place, sleepover, we're playing it, and uh, him and I for the first hour, no lie, we we're having fun with it. We didn't know any of the moves, but when you figure out the you know, the one move and you're spamming it, there's fun <laughs> to be had there. And then you know uh, his older brother, who's a couple years older than us at the time, comes sits down and he actually knows the infinite combos <laughs> and all the moves for like one or two characters. And you, you can do nothing, right? You can't make right. any move. You don't know the combo breakers. You're stuck in that infinite loop. There's nothing you can do against a player who 
has put in the time, I guess, to research for a certain character. So the skill gap, I think, is what destroyed it for me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. It's a it's a Venus flytrap of a game. Yeah, but yeah, totally cool. Have you played the new fun. one that came out a couple years ago? I I haven't. Um, gosh, who was I talking to? Because they 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 told me about it, and I think my exact words were, "I could boot it up." And then really just want to go back to play the Super Nintendo one. Again, it's okay. a it's a fault of mine that I'm that way where it's like, this isn't exactly the thing that I like. I might as well just go back and play the thing that I like. I don't, Maybe, have you it, played it? The newer one? Uh, no, I no, because you know what? For me, it's the same thing. I go back to the SNES one. And I'm like, I, I never had a good time yeah. with it. <laughs> so, uh, so, so same thing, different reason. Yeah, exactly. But it's neat because yeah. it's Microsoft, I think. Is it, I can't I can't remember if they own the studio that's publishing it. I know the the guys that did Iron Galaxy. Uh, I know a few other games they've done, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. I want to say it was free to play, and then they just sold character packs or something. They had a different take on the the marketing behind it because that seems to be the trend with new fighting games. You you pay the full price for a game, and then there's several rounds of DLC characters, and it adds up quick, right? Like, I think if I wanted to buy a Strive, I, th- I want to say the Deluxe Edition, which has the first season DLC, is like $100 Canadian, which is too much. Um, but Killer Instinct, I think, did the other way, where it was either really super cheap, like 20 bucks, or it was like free to play, and you got a few characters, and then you bought other characters you wanted to. I think that was a good way of doing it. And uh, again, Killer Instinct kind of trying to go against the grain with how they do their their games. That's neat. I, I should have played it. I think it's on Game Pass, actually. I should go check it out. Yeah, I'd be curious to see that. Uh, they, You know, Shaq Fu came out with a uh, another version uh, here in the last, I think, five or six years. And I think I fall into that camp the same way you fell into the Keller Instinct. Like, I didn't enjoy the, uh, the original. I don't think I'll look into the new one. Yeah. That said, Shaq is absolutely killing it. Like, always. <laughs> he loved basketball, and he entered... Every other aspect, he sells car insurance. Today, I saw. If you haven't seen it, look it up, or just go to your your local grocer. He's on a a uh, frosted flakes box now, where it's him and Tony the Tiger selling uh, basketball shaped frosted flakes. What? And the reason I say to look it up is look at Shaq's expression on that box and tell me it's not the like most charming, adorable, loving person in the world. I, there's just something about him. Uh, he, he also did a really good commercial with Tony the Tiger, uh, that they discussed on the John Oliver, uh, was it last week tonight? He just did a whole thing on how perfect his commercial is for Frosted Flakes. So anyway, I don't know if anybody likes John Oliver. I get a kick out of him. I don't know if you like Shaq, but yes, there. Okay. Thank you. He just, (laughs) Jake just posted in our discord a picture of it and it's, it's a perfect Shaq picture. Well, if you're listening to this episode, this is the thumbnail. (laughs) Yeah, and Shaq, yeah, if you're listening, thank you. Tony the Tiger, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, I Hell, you could tell me that Shaq does the voice of Tony the Tiger, and I, I would believe you. But, if he doesn't, he should uh, now. Right, let's see if Shaq enter the realm of voice acting. He dominates every other field he enters, from music to movies, of course, basketball. Let's get Shaq he, in okay. the video. <laughs> but I, I don't want him to be the voice of Tony the Tiger, because they seem to have a bromance going on, and I would hate to think that it's him in a, in a studio talking to himself. I, I do I like how they reshape the, the flakes. That's pretty awesome. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So that's not how I envisioned this episode ending. <laughs> <laughs> A rousing discussion of Frosted Flakes in Basketball's edition. Uh, yeah. And Shaq. And Shaq, yeah. 
but yeah, this is this is fun. I we I would like to do a racing episode like this as well, where we just discuss the genre and a couple of franchises inside of it. Because probably fighting games and racing games are my two least played genres. But even that that being said, I have strong opinions about them. Yeah, just because of who I am as a person. I think they tap into the the arcade part of my brain where I just I loved going to the arcade. I, st- I mean, I don't much anymore, but I used to love going and you know, the games I used to play the most were the racing games and the fighting games because it was difficult to get that at home, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the shooting games, right? Like uh, I used to love Time Cop and, and Area 51. Oh, yeah. Like those are very difficult to get at the home at home without, you know, the extra cost of a, con- of a gun controller. So I, right. those are the ga- when I think arcade, those are the games I think of. So I may not play many racing games or fighting games at home as a kid or even now, but I love them in the arcades. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody out there listening enjoyed today and you want to hear what we have to say, of course, for racing games, just keep tuning in. And um, as mentioned, uh, you know, Jake, if you wouldn't mind telling everybody where the links are for our various uh, endeavors out there, that would be great. Now, of course, you're laughing because you're an asshole and you know that yes. I don't know it offhand, yes, I but I've got right. fast fingers and today I've got a keyboard in front of me, GP, but I'm logged oh. in on the wrong Twitter account. So just I'm going to keep talking <laughs> for a second here as I load this up. motherfucker. Come sure. on, man. Well, OK, so we, we have we got, got I got you know, it. Uh, OK, you tell him. <laughs> don't trust in me. Your co-host. Always. I've, I've got it. Always. You, of course, can find our podcast at pressbeetocancel.com. I don't think we advertise that much but we do actually have a domain name with a website and stuff and you can listen to the episodes there but more importantly you can also find us on apple podcast google podcast spotify amazon music iheart radio pocket cast I don't, I don't know there's like 20 different apps and we're available on all of them so if there's one that you cannot find our podcast on you let me know in discord or twitter and i'll get us added but of course you can also find us a little bit on youtube um, but more importantly, you can support us at patreon.com slash pressbeat to cancel. So look, your money helps us keep the show running, right? Hosting is not free. And with the support we already received, we put that in hosting costs and also advertising costs because, hey, who, who would have thought? A Retro Games podcast. There's a lot of us. Right. <laughs> so to keep us going, the money you give us helps with advertising and everything. And it really does make a difference. So if you'd like, you can support us there. A couple bucks goes a long way. And what we try to do is once a month we put up an episode where we like to talk over a movie. We watch a movie, whether it's Mortal Kombat or uh, Bloodsport or any of those fantastic 80s movies I make my kids watch. <laughs> we do commentary. So you can listen as you watch the movie at home. I think it's quite a, kind of good. It's like the reverse director track in a way. Not that we're qualified to be directors or anything. But uh, we do that on our Discord. And if you're interested in supporting us and getting something tangible, do you like T-shirts? Sure you do. Check us out at Presby to cancel slash no Presby to cancel dot threadless.com. I need to get a domain name for that. <laughs> you can buy a Ninja Turtles inspired t-shirt with their four faces on it. I think it's pretty rad. You can always check us out there. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for your insight and uh, for, for going through the discussion with me. It's, it's always so fun to hear other people's opinions and uh, discuss accordingly. So everybody, thank you for tuning in, for listening and uh, hitting those subscribe buttons and, and downloading our show. It means the world to us. Until next time, 
Uh, I am Guy Prime from The Retro Therapy on twitch.tv slash The Retro Therapy, and of course on all the typical social media platforms. Jake, why don't you tell them uh, about your links instead of just the Press B links? Yeah, I'm Sick Jake, S-I-C-J-K-E. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. And Pornhub. <laughs> I did try OnlyFans, but they, uh, they no joke, they, <laughs> they rejected my account because apparently you're not allowed to be having humorous accounts on OnlyFans. So, oh shit. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I did. Lesson learned. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until <laughs> next time, this has been Press B to Cancel. Have a great day. Special thanks to Arthur the Ancient on SoundCloud for our podcast theme. Listen to more episodes on our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. Thank you to our supporters on patreon.com slash cancel. Your money helps keep this ball rolling. And as always, thank you to all our listeners. This has been Cancel.